Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's live broadcast of The Road to Recovery. I'm your host, Dan Chuba, coming to you live from downtown Chicago. I'm I'm in the one of the uh, I'm in the Four Seasons Hotel up on the 39th floor, looking out over Chicagoland. And I God, I got to tell you, I got a beautiful view of the north and east side of Chicago, looking towards the west. It's just very gorgeous. What a beautiful evening. Weather's about mid 40s. Oh my gosh, kids, hard to believe that it's December what 21st. 22nd. I think today is the 22nd. Let's see. We better look in that up. Yep. December 22nd of the year. want to wish you all a happy holiday season's greetings. My apologies for last week. I was not able to do the show. I was very sick. I had the flu. Good God. Go figure. And I even had a flu shot. About a month earlier, I had a flu shot just to make sure I didn't get the flu, and it turned out I caught a lesser version of the flu that really, it hit me, and it's been with me now since Thursday, two Thursdays ago, and it's just still taking a sweet time leaving. It's kind of in my lungs, and I'm hacking up a lung every day, but uh, I'm feeling much better. I got to tell you, even my lovely wife, Martha, said, welcome back. She said today that uh, it was nice to have me back with the living because this last week, she says, I was totally out of it. I I mean, I did go to work. I worked, what, Thursday, it started coming down with it, sneezing like a bandit. Friday, sneezing all day. Saturday, I was feeling crappy. Sunday, I just couldn't do anything, really. I just, I, I didn't have any energy to do. I just wanted to sleep. Monday, I went to work, but I didn't. I got up to go to work and almost fell down. I, I laid on the floor in the bathroom when I when I was getting ready for work and said, "Geez, this is not normal." Uh, I felt like I was going to pass out and wanted to throw up. And then I went into the uh, living room after I got dressed and and slept for another two hours and finally went to work around eleven thirty and dragged all week. It was it was a long week. Let me tell you something. Uh, just a long week, but uh, I'm feeling better, and it's amazing how when you feel better, your attitude is all better. You know, uh, when you're feeling like crap, I understand when people go, you know, oh, what's the point in in, in extending this? I just don't want to keep on. You know, it's it's very interesting. You are listening to the Road to Recovery. I am the host again, as I usually am every Sunday night try to do this from seven and nine but tonight again is going to be a, a it's going to be a shortened version simply because i'm with family in the chicago downtown chicago area and we are doing traditions i guess and this is part of the traditions of my wife martha and her daughters and they've included me in in their lives and and i'm really excited about that and today we went to the field museum and we went around and we had brunch and it was just a, a, a just a nice time her daughter and son-in-law came in from California as well as her two grandchildren and we spent the day together and just a lot of fun and uh, you know it's just nice being part of a family and I looked back 24 years three months and 22 days ago today I sobered up 
Isn't that amazing? 24 years, three months, and 22 days. And, and everybody goes, and who's counting? I count. I count every single day. And I'm grateful for another day to keep on the pile and say, gosh, I did it another day. I didn't screw it up. I didn't, you know, do something horrible and, and, and you know, uh, crude. And, you know, it, it's just you don't – I didn't – understand back when I was caught up in my addictions what I was going through and what I was doing I thought that was quote normal and I gosh I'm amazed that that people allowed me around the world and their life just considering how far I've come since I was back then and to where I'm at today long way it's a long way I've I've worked hard it uh it wasn't easy. I'm not going to tell you it was easy, but I'll tell you what, it was worth every day that I've put forth to stay sober and to uh, improve myself. It's not enough just to stay sober. important that once I got sober, that I, I quality of life, that I was living sober, to look at Alcoholics Anonymous as a portion of my uh, learning process and my education. And it's a great program, the 12 steps. There's other steps you could do. And I've incorporated some of those too, like celebrate recovery that uh, you'll find in the Christian churches today. They still have that program and it's a good one that'll help you. It doesn't matter wherever you get help, whatever program works. This isn't one of those do mine and that's it. It's do whatever it takes to get what you need to get and stay sober. And then when you get and stay sober, don't settle for that. Keep going. Make improvements. Improve your life. The quality around you, and it's so easy to do. I'll tell you what, I'm so grateful that I did it. You know, here I am. I'm married the fourth time. We just celebrated it's hard to imagine that I could be with this woman and have so many good days together. We've been together over three and a half years. And I got to tell you something. I've enjoyed every day that we've been together. It's not a surprise. It's not fooling. It's, it's really you find somebody that you enjoy their company and, and just like being around. Now, I was married three other times, and not to not to put down the people that I was married to, but they weren't the right people, and I was in a different state of mind. And it, you, you are. People are when they drink, when they drink to excess. I think any kind of drinking alters the thought process. Any type of drugs or addiction or addictive behavior, Changes people, not just physically, but mentally, and 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 emotionally, and spiritually, and and uh, it just on and on, uh, morally. You know, whatever it is, the beautiful thing about it is that you can get beyond. There's hope. Every day that you're alive is a day of hope, and all you have to do is take one day at a time. And I'll tell you what, I remember the days when I first 
even before I got sober, how hopeless I felt. Even when I got sober, there were times I felt very less hope, hopeless. But you know what? I hung with the winners. I stayed with people who had what I wanted. And they had good attitudes. And they were smiling. And they didn't have perfect lives. But they were in the game, just like I did. Shared stories of times that, like I did. And I can relate to them. It wasn't like the doctors and the therapists that never lived my life, but yet still wanted to tell me what to do and how to do it. And it, you know, I I couldn't relate to them. I mean, I'm sure they had some good things that they had to share, but how do you relate to somebody who's never been where you've been? You know, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't connect. I, I was dumbfounded by their fascination, by their, their, their intrigue of listening to my stories. It pissed me off, if you want to know the truth, because I felt like they were violating my private space. Like they were intruding and they didn't belong there. And yet they're going to sit there and tell me what to do and how to do it. Oh my gosh, I was full of judgmental. I, I was filled with anger and, and frustration and, and, and fear and, and, that was my life back then. But you know what? It's amazing how that was then and this is now. And my life is so different today than it was before. You know, I live one day at a time, one step at a time. And, you know, I worked the 12 steps over and over and over. And if I told you I'm a perfect individual, I'd be lying to you. I'm not. I still, you know, have carnal thoughts. Okay? I still... Well, I don't lie and cheat and steal because there's just no room in my life for stuff like that. I guess my worst thing is that, you know, I think of carnal thoughts, you know, but it's even not that much because how do you have carnal thoughts when you have a woman that's just perfect? She's never withheld anything, affection, love, caring. She's very compassionate. I got to tell you something. It was pretty nice. Today we had an experience. I got to tell you. <coughs> I'm still coughing up a lung here. Excuse me, everyone. By the way, you can't call in tonight, unfortunately. This is a live show, but I don't have access to a computer. My wife brought her computer, but unfortunately, I don't know how to work her computer. And I thought I did. And I thought I would just come in here and flip it on and jump in and get to this where I needed to be. And unfortunately, I don't know how to work your computer. I can't get, you know, get into where I get into. (laughs) And if I keep coughing all night, (laughs) again, we'll probably cut this short. It'd be like a 45-minute show because they're they're waiting for me to come join them for dinner. They're going to start eating right now, but that's okay. I uh, I I wanted to do this show because the topic that I wanted to talk about is can you give the gift of sobriety to somebody? And the answer, I guess, that I was going to say, on one hand, if I can't give and give, make somebody get sober, you can't just wish it away. 
you know. But what I can do <coughs> is that I can give. Well, I have given in the past the coins that I carry. I've got a coin in my pocket right now, actually, and here it is. Okay, you hear that? It's my 24-year coin. That's 24 years that I've been working this program one day at a time, one step at a time. And, you know, I dedicate that that time to my loved ones, to my daughters, Jessica and Natalie on the West Coast, to their kids, um, Zachary and Serafina and little George, and to their husbands, George, big George, and, and – uh, Oh my gosh, Jack, uh, Justin. Yeah, Justin and, and George and Jessica and Natalie and my son Dan. You know what? Because that's the best I can do in my life is to tell them that I know I screwed up really bad growing up. When they were young and growing up, I screwed up. I chose to drink over a lot of things. And while I wasn't drunk all the time, okay, and I wasn't. I wasn't drunk all the time. But you know what? My mentality, my my thought process was consistent with somebody that was drinking, okay? And I was closed-minded and self-centered and, you know, just not a lot of fun to be around in in some ways, you know? And, well, I could have been a a better dad. Let me just say that, okay? And, you know, yeah, I chose to want to drink. I chose to hang out and, well, do things that probably wouldn't be a good idea. So can I give a gift to my kids? Well, you know, I don't know. I think they appreciate the fact that I'm not drinking I don't know that they really know so much about me drunk. It's not like they saw me when I was drinking. My son did a couple times. I don't know if he even remembers it. But I know my daughters really didn't see me too much, just simply because they weren't around too much. So they don't know what it was like for me to, to drink. And... And so they don't know what it was like when I was out there drinking and caught up in my addiction. You know, I uh, stayed out many nights late because it was more fun to hang out and drink than it was to, you know, stay home, be a dad, find time. When I was married, I left my wife with the kids and said, hey, I, uh, I deserve to go out and hang out because I'm paying the bills kind of a mentality, it's kind of a sad mentality if you want to ask, you know, want to know the truth, I'll even admit that to myself. You know, it wasn't fair necessarily to them. But you know what? I didn't, personally, I didn't know any better myself either. I saw my father do that. My father just, that was his belief. He worked hard, he played hard. And he just felt he deserved a good time. And so I thought, hey, I'm doing the same thing. I deserve a good time, which, you know, I come to learn 
that's not really fair. You know, today I see husbands and fathers, you know, spending time and taking time to care for their kids and spend time with them. Today we were at the museum, and there was a lot of fathers out there working and taking care of their kids and, you know, you know, right along with moms. And, yeah, moms were there too, but they, uh, you know, they weren't by themselves. Dads were there helping them out, and it was kind of a nice thing to see. So can you give a gift of sobriety to somebody? Well, you can give the fact that you aren't drinking anymore, and it's certainly worth something special. I gotta tell you something. <coughs> this cold is killing me still. It's still with me. <coughs> okay. But no, you can't wish this wish clean and sober on anybody. Well you could wish. I mean there's nothing wrong with wishing. And there's nothing wrong with hoping that somebody's going to get the the concept that you know, being sober is better than drinking and drugging. And yes, if you could wish strong enough and wish long enough, maybe excuse me. You know, maybe somebody'll get the concept, maybe they'll get it. And maybe they'll want what you want them to have. You want them to be sober and clean and be a family member. But you know what? It just doesn't happen overnight. It's a commitment. It really is, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It was a commitment for me to do it. <coughs> and even when I got it, then I had to change the way of living that I lived because my lifestyle did not reflect a good, clean life. My lifestyle, I had a lot of friends and, and connections and relationships that were questionable, that were probably unhealthy for me for the most part. And what was amazing is, you know, you never thought anything about it. It was like, well, what's the big deal? You know, you're thinking, okay, you know, why not? What's the big deal? Once, twice, let's see. Making burgers and tailing, I don't know what you want. Okay. A salad would be good, honey. Salad would be really good. Yeah, well, that's cool. My wife's planning for me. You know, she's gonna have some. When I get ready to come down, she knows I'm gonna do this show for a while. It's important to me do this show. If nothing else, just to reach out and let you guys know that I made it another week sober. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't an easy week to get through, but it wasn't a week that I wanted to drink at all, okay? I I I felt terrible physically, and, you know, it's amazing how at one time I thought drinking my troubles away, drinking myself healthier. In fact, you know, I, I never cared about whether I got people, other people sick, and, and yet I was concerned. I didn't want anybody to get sick. And, you know, it was great. I am right now financially, okay? I will tell you, I'm coming to a screeching halt financially, myself personally, 
and I'm not freaking out about it. I might have to face some consequences because, you know, take some hits on my credit report and all this other thing. But you know what? It's it's just I'm not freaking out like I used to. 24 years ago, if I was even close in this situation, I would be tearing new buttholes. I would be screaming and shouting and threatening and begging and trying to get people to help me. And if they didn't, I would say, you're not my friend and you're my enemy. I was like, I'm crazy. Gosh, how the world can handle people like me back then, I don't know. I'm just grateful that they did and grateful that I was able to come through this as well as I did. You know, I've lost a lot of friends along my way. My friend Jim passed away over six years ago, a couple days ago. Uh, His daughter was celebrating and acknowledging the date as her father passed away. And Jim and I grew up, you know, we, we, uh, we met in our early 20s and we were friends for 40 years. And we watched each other grow and we watched each other make mistakes and do things and smoking like a chimney. And, and I quit thanks to this program when I got into it and stopped drinking. About a year and a half after I stopped drinking, I also realized I wanted to quit smoking. And so I did, using the program one step, one day at a time, one step at a time. And I did. I quit I quit smoking. So it's been about 23 and a half years for me smoking. It's been great. And our 22 and a half years or whatever, yeah, whatever it is, 22 and three quarters years of not smoking cigarettes. But unfortunately, my friend Jim, he did. And he died of, you know, he died of complications from brain cancer. He fought it gallantly for 10 years, though. He was in the hospital. He was laid up and he 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 lost his job and he was, you know, he just uh, whittled away to nothing. You know, one of those people they talk about, you know, when you get cancer and, and your, your immune system just gets shot. You know, this program of recovery works. For anyone with any type of addiction, whether you're suffering from addictions from pornography or sex, if you're, you know, I, I, I got to tell you something. For me, I, I, I don't have that craving lust for women anymore. I love them. I would love to be with them in my mind. But, you know, on the other hand, I realize that they're people and, and, you know, and that's a very precious commodity for them to, to share is their personal self in that way. Um, but I still like looking at them. I'm not going to tell you I don't. I just don't pursue it like I did before. You know, and, and whether your addiction is food or it's it's lying or it's drugs or alcohol or pills or prescription, heroin, you know, the the year is starting in Illinois, January 1st, that marijuana smoking is going to be legal, okay? And it's probably just going to be like alcohol that as long as you use it responsibly, you know, you'll be okay. But there are going to be people that are going to abuse it, and there's going to be problems with it, you know, just like with everything. And if you have a problem, get help. That's it. If you drink, don't drive. If you see somebody drinking, don't let them drive. 
If you see somebody smoking a dope, don't let them drive. You know, today's world requires everybody to be as on their game as possible, as really, truly possible that they can be their game of staying alert and and focused on, on not drinking or drugging, okay? And that's really, it's critical that we do the next right thing one day at a time, one day at a time. Do you understand? And uh, actually, it, it's just that important, okay? So, uh, okay, I'll tell you what. I uh, this is the most talking I've done in over a week. Okay, I haven't talked since like this before Thursday. You know, it's been an exhausting week getting myself together, and I just wanted to make sure I got on the air tonight and told you that I'm okay. That just because I couldn't do the show last week didn't mean that I I'm not. You know, I, I haven't given up. I still want to go forward and do this show. I'd like to get guests to share more good news about recovery. You know, there's a couple of people I've asked, and I'm going to try a little bit harder to get on the show because they've got stories to tell, things that we want to hear from them, good news about recovery, that it works. You know, that's what we do the show is is not just to, to again, not going to win any awards, boys and girls. We're not getting paid for this. But what it does do is it helps me out. It helps me stay focused. When I'm sitting there with my my wife and, and my uh, daughter-in-laws and their husbands and they're having glasses of wine, and a glass of wine or how about a beer? And, you know, I'm just not interested. Thanks. And, and, and I can sit there with them and have a Coke or, a, you know, a glass of water. It's okay. And I'm okay with that, you know, that – I don't need alcohol in my life to make it fulfilling. I have a good life. I have a wonderful life. I have lots of things. Christmas, but you know what? I'm glad Chris Christ is back in Christmas, okay? We needed that. We need to remember that. But it's not all about us. It's about what God did for us on our behalf. And I'll tell you what. Getting me sober and helping me to get and stay sober certainly is an important aspect of what God has done for me. And I'm so grateful for him that he's helped me get to this point in my life. Okay? And you too. I hope. (coughs) I hope that this year is your best year. That you make a decision. And and it is a requirement that you need to make a decision that you want a better quality of life. It's not enough to just get sober. Take it the next step and work the program. Work the steps one day, one step at a time, and you're going to find doors opening in life that you never imagined, just like I am. You know, if you would have told me 24 years ago that I would be happy and loved and married again, with people that actually enjoy my company, I would have been laughing going, you got to be kidding. You know, it was the farthest thing from my mind, and yet here I am. You know, I am not letting finances and financial insecurity get to me. 
it is part of my life, unfortunately, and a part of life. But you know what? Things work out just the way they're supposed to. And I don't have to get nutty about them. I'll take them one day. If they work out, great. And if they don't, whatever. I'm not going to die. The end of the world isn't going to come. There's better things ahead. You know, sometimes things, doors have to close so others open, you know, and you just have to keep plugging along. So I got to tell you all, I would love to wish you the merriest of Christmas to remember the reason for the season is that Christ died on this earth. He came to earth, became man, and died to prove that he loved us, that he cares about us, that nothing was too great for him to do so he could relate to us and say, hey, listen, I've been there. I know what you're going through. And I want you to remember there's life after this earth. It's not all about how much money and how much stuff you have. And when it's over, you're not taking it with you. But there's an eternity beyond this. And he wants us to join him in that eternal world. These are our proving grounds to prove that we are worthy enough to join him. And I hope you make it. I hope I make it. I'm pretty confident that I will. Okay? <laughs> and I hope to be around a long time to watch all of you and your kids get here and get and stay sober and have all the blessings that you were promised on earth. Okay? So listen, I want to say thank you so much for listening to tonight's broadcast. I know I'm going to cut it short. I thought maybe 45 minutes, but we're going to end this at uh, 7.30, I believe. And I'm just going to, again, wish you all a Merry Christmas. I will be back next week. So next week is, what, the 29th, two days before the new year. Maybe we could talk about some New Year's resolutions. It takes to, to resolve and make a decision that you want to get and stay sober. And maybe you can call in and tell me about some of your Christmas stories, about some of the wonderful things. I got to play Christmas Santa yesterday for a family for the sixth, seventh time in a row. And it was incredible. I enjoyed it. And and here, I got to tell you, this is what I live for today. It's not money. It's things like this. I got an email from these people that said, okay, this is the quote. It said, he is the best Santa in the world, Rachel said last, at least 20 times last night. Rachel and Catherine were two of the young kids that I played Santa for. You were fabulous. We took off for the Paramount Arts Theater at dinner, looking through the car, moonroof for your sleigh and the reindeer. They were both enchanted, discussing what Santa loved about each of his reindeer. They said, you'd be back last night while they slept to leave more gifts, and you were. And you'll be back at their home in Bridgeport on Christmas Eve. Wow. You sure have a big job, Santa. Thanks so much for another Magical Santa show. You are the best. Hope you had a great time in the city last night with your family, and I did. And that was their message to me, and mine to them was, I love sharing your these magical moments with your family. I am so glad they enjoyed the experience. So did I. Thank you to my friend Sherry for letting me do that. 
And I got to tell you something. That's one of the many, many, many miracles and gifts that I've got working a program in sobriety. Begin to tell you how there is no drink that was ever worth giving any of that up. And I, I, I hope never to take another drink again, but I'm not worried about it because today I'm pretty sure I'm not going to, and I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But today is the only thing I got to take care of. And when you take care of them today, tomorrow will take care of themselves, and life is good. And I want everybody to have a great life, one day, one step at a time. You know, make sure you reach out in these holiday months or times, days, whatever. And reach out to a friend. Call a family member. I call my brother Dave and, you know, let him know we loved him and missed him because he's not having a good time. And he's caught up in some issues, and I don't know, you know. Sometimes in our quest to to, to win a, a prize, we take stands that sometimes we shouldn't, maybe a little bit excessive. There's nothing wrong with fighting good challenges and, and, and things, but when you put people you love and care about and, and it costs you their relationship, it's probably not that good, okay? Remember, it's better to love and to be loved, and um, – that's it. Just reach out and give people hugs in this holiday season, okay? Hug as many people as you can. Thank you again for listening. I will be, be back on the air next week. I don't know how long our show is going to be, but hey, we'll give it a shot and see if And hopefully, Merry Christmas. Happy hunt to all you people. I hope that you're able to share in and enjoy some of the many blessings that I have because you can, and it's just over. You know what? And putting your life in the can, in the hands and the care of the almighty God. Lord.